Welcome to Live Committed. It's a central platform for the Ariel Tribe community, where we believe in the individuals about executing the discipline of standards plus habits are going to equal results in their life. On this podcast, we want to provide a space where you can learn to grow through conversations and connection with other people to reach the highest vision that you have for yourself, mind, body, and spirit. And at Ariel Tribe, we are passionate about results. So whether you're feeling stuck in your business, your marriage, your spiritual journey, or whatever's going on in your life, we would love to invite you to the tribe to learn how you can live a committed life. You can always visit us at www.ariel-tribe.com. That's A-R-I-E-L-tribe.com to learn more about who we are and how to get connected to the tribe. So Aaron, let's get on with the show. All right. What's up, tribe? We're back. We are back. Here we go again with another fantastic episode. This is Live Committed, and I'm Aaron, and I'm here with my partner, Jason. Hello, everybody. We are excited about getting uh, to visit with you guys again, and, and today's a good a good topic um, uh, presented by Jason himself. <laughs> well, you know, it kind of came from just, uh, I'm reading this book, uh, you know, talks about courage, you know, that there's a calling to it. And so, uh, you know, so today's episode is is kind of titled, you know, Fear Forecast a Greater Shadow. And if you think about it as a child, you know, when at least I did this, where, you know, you're hanging out with your friends and you're like, oh, let's go in the dark room. Someone grab a flashlight and kind of remember making animals on the wall and kind of the closer you got to the flashlight or the farther away, it projected on the wall. And and I just remember as I was reading this, we'll get into the content like, oh, yeah, this that, that the fear sometimes is so much greater than the reality of the perception of it. Using that example, oh, these are just my hands that are really close to this flashlight, but if somebody didn't know that, you know, like what it projects over time. And and the story in the book um, get back got back to how U.S. Lee Grant, who was, uh, you know, uh, the former, um, you know, uh, general, you know, f- during the Civil War and mm-hmm. then went on to be our president. And as he was a young captain and he was going out uh, west, he was in the middle of this desert. And uh, he was w- with his, you know, um, the men that he was responsible for. And one of the gentlemen that was, uh, must have been a lieutenant, I don't know, the commands there, uh, that was underneath him, um, who seemed really experienced, a little bit older, was they were moving in the middle of the night, all of a sudden they heard uh, what they seemed like just a pack of wolves. And um, I'm sure we all know, but wolves are animals you really don't want to mess with. Right. And... Um, he remembers, as he recalls, he literally journaled this, the fear that was taking place to the point that he stopped and said, we need to turn around because if we continue to move forward, like they are ready for dinner, there's not many of us and um, we need to turn around. And this, you know, sound lieutenant, this older gentleman who could, you know, was more rugged and more experienced about life, like, no, we're good, you know, we're gonna press forward. And as they press forward over this ridge, there lied not a pack, but two wolves that basically when they came around the corner took off. And he recalled this sense of fear of like, oh my gosh, I would have thought there was 20 of them just waiting for us. And the old captain or lieutenant, however was, you know, basically, you know, said, you know, like, yeah, this this is a life lesson for you. You move forward in the midst of this. And what was interesting is that he recalled that experience throughout the rest of his life. So when he was actually fighting battles, you know, between the North and the South, and when he was dealing with major issues trying to run this country, 
he went back to that. And I thought that was really telling because as we talk about this here today is how has fear numbed us or neutralized us? How have we projected when we think about things in our lives that, man, what if I would have moved forward? Because you see, it stopped all of us. You know, I'm sure it stopped you and me. Absolutely. The question yeah. that we want to talk about is, is why does that happen? But, but what are the, what's the cost of that? Because there's something on the other side of that. You know, like when, when something stops us, if it is a relationship, you know, uh, getting back in shape, doing something at work, if I stand up for this, what's the cost of that, right? And so, so that's what Aaron and I kind of wanted to unpack here today. So, so I'm going to start off with a question to you here, Aaron. Okay. With that being said is, is you know, let, let's be a little vulnerable today, you know? Totally different for me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is, can you recall a time that fear neutralize you, where you stopped. And now that you've reflected back on that to where, you know what? I wish I would not have stopped. I wish I would have leaned into that um, to see, you know, what was on the other side of that. And by the way, this is not scripted, so I have no idea what he's about to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I can think of a number of circumstances where, and some of them are on the surface level, like Oh, I should have taken that investment or I should have, you know, and I, but I was concerned about it succeeding. So I didn't, mm-hmm. turns out it would have been a good idea. You know, like for, yeah. the, for people that got in on the front end of Bitcoin, they're pretty happy that they yeah. did, even <laughs> though a lot of people were like, that's never going to fly. Um, so those kinds of things, I think, um, there have been some opportunities, um, to expand influence, like writing a book or doing some different things like that, that uh, I've been invited into and have just, you know, what if people don't like it? What if, yeah. you know, what if, um, what if I, what I say is wrong? What if what I think is bad? What if, you know, a yeah. lot of those what ifs. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think there've been lots of opportunities where I would say, yeah, there was, there was chances to to go in directions that were risky. And here's the funny thing, just by my own comfort level with risk, I'm not a, I don't have a problem with taking risk. I have a problem with taking emotional risk. It seems like when it when it f- strikes at a vulnerable button with me that that would be something it that's something that I would typically really be cautious with or hold yeah. back from um, much more so than um like a hey, let's go start a business. Let's go, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I've, I've, there's probably, I can think of probably half a dozen things right off the top of my head yeah. where there was moments like that. What about you? Yeah. So I think, uh, when I think about fear, um, you know, I've always had a pretty high appetite for, uh, risk, but when I think about certain situations, I think there is what, where, where I find myself stopping is somewhat what you just said. Hey, what, what if that person doesn't end up liking that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, if, what if I do that and it doesn't work out because I got a really good track record of being successful at something? Or people are like, oh, well, you know, we thought he was a lot better than what he really was. You know, like those kind of things sometimes where I think that steps in. And, and um, But I think one of the things that's always, I feel like, you know, the more that life has, I've walked it, actually, that's, it's actually positive, right? In the sense that 
as we continue to lean in, which is really what we want to encourage everybody here today, it's that feedback loop of, of the trying of the what is on the other side, like USC Grant realized, oh, it's only two wolves. Right. Oh, got it. That's it? No, they're there, right? There were wolves that were there, but, you know, that they kind of went away and allowed them to continue to move forward. Yeah. You know? And so I think that, <clears throat> you know, so many times we manufacture something that's just not there. Right. That's why when I was thinking about this, you know, I, I went back to being a kid, like, you know, with our hands in front of the flashlight. The reality is, is like, yeah, the shadow's eight feet tall, but it's just my two small little hands. Right. I'm seven years old. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, uh, it makes me think about this statement that we've used on the show before, but you have a 100% success rate at surviving bad days, right? Yeah. Like, we, we're, af- <clears throat> we're afraid of, like experiencing pain or, you know, emotional hurt, which like nobody, unless you're sadistic, nobody wants to experience pain, but only a fool can assume that life is free of pain and suffering. It just, it's just part of living. Yeah. And I think um, to try to avoid that or to be afraid of it really robs life of its beauty and depth and texture. It, it makes me think of um, the movie Shadowlands. C.S. Lewis's life story, who C.S. Lewis, if you don't know, is a great author. Um, He wrote a number of books, pretty deep guy. For the longest time, he refused to fall in love because he was like, love is stupid. It's this waste of time. It's just going to hurt you. And and finally, this gal comes along who's just spunky enough to get past that. They wind up falling in love and getting married. And within a very short period of time, she gets cancer and dies. So like all of his worst fears about being wow. in love and needing somebody all came true. Wow. And at the end of the movie, he says, uh, and it's really profound, he says, here's what I've learned is that the pain is part of the love. Like I don't get to experience the beauty and the depth of love if I'm not willing to walk through some pain to get yeah. there. And it's just part of it. And I think so many times people get, af- they're afraid, I'm afraid, of um, saying the hard thing to somebody, because like, what if they reject me? If they reject my statement, that means they're rejecting me. And that is um, really hard to work through when you have a core issue of wanting people to like you, you know, (laughs) it's kind of an awkward thing to deal with. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, one thing is I was just listening to you, I think, you know, one of the ways, at least for myself, I recognize that I'm I'm moving closer to where I should be. is when fear gets greater and that voice gets greater. Yeah. You know, it, it just shows up like, hey, I'm making progress towards whatever initiative that I want to. And it's like, hey, you've been doing a great job, you know, because fear can, can kind of be disguised in different ways. You know, one, it doesn't have to be two wolves that want to, you know, rip you apart. It can be that voice that you and I talk about often, like, hey, you've been doing a good job. Like, right. You know what I mean? Just kind of slow down, take right. a break, you know, or or it's that, or it is that drastic moment of where, oh my gosh, I need to say something right now in front of my peers, uh, to my boss that that's not okay. And we're going to see how this works. Yeah. I could lose my job. I could lose my job or, uh, or, or whatever it, the situation might be. It's one thing that I've come to realize is that when that voice gets loud, you know, and we'll stick with this analogy when those wolves seem like a pack of 20, mm-hmm. that's when I know, Hey, I'm moving in the right direction because yeah. that fear really comes and says, well, hold on a second. And I think that's having discernment of just constantly going back and, and reflecting 
you know, on ourselves that, that am I on the right path, right? Because the, the path and the direction are two different things. If the direction is to get to the top of the mountain, what I can guarantee you, the path is going to be windy. And you have to crawl over rocks. It's not this beautiful straight path that we're used to climbing up mountains. I mean, that's just not how life works. Right. You know, but the direction is everything. Is this the mountain I'm supposed to climb? Well, then, damn it, let's go climb it. Right. You know? Um, and there's going to be times where it will be scary. Uh, but how do you continue to push into that? And that's where, you know, I think... Um, that's just one thing that I've I feel like I've learned. Yeah, one of my one of my mentors says your dreams, your passions, your goals should be big enough that when you think about them, you you have a little pee run down your leg. Yeah, like, it should be that big. That totally should. It should be that scary. Like yeah. that's that's not a that's not something for us to avoid. That's something for us to step into and go. Yeah, this could colossally fail. Yeah, but it could be an epic success. Either way, we're living. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not. And, and what we do, uh, Brene Brown says, you don't selectively numb emotion. So when you numb fear and, um, anxiety and pain and sorrow, when you numb those things, either by avoidance or by self-medicating in some way or whatever, you also numb joy and creativity and happiness. Yes. So 100%. you, you rob yourself of life. You rob yourself of living when you avoid fear. You can't, you can't avoid fear and be fully alive. And I think that's that opportunity cost side of it, right? Is that when fear is present, you start shutting off creativity, like you just said, right? There, so much gets shut off of actually seeing what is the way through this, what is the way around it, but like what is the benefit of that actually taking place? Yeah. Because think how many times that you've been in, we'll just put it in a business context, where you're like, hey, yeah, I could, but are they? what are they going to say if I present this idea? You begin to close your own walls of what the potential really is. And, and you don't benefit from that. Your company doesn't benefit from that. Your customers don't benefit from that because you're not pressing into something, you know, like you said, that, that is, that is greater. And you are, you're leaving a a legacy of how to live life for the people around it, for your kids. And I can tell you, um, so for this last, my last birthday, my daughter who is 16 wrote me a a letter because my kids know I'm a big words of affirmation guy. I'm like, don't buy me presents. I, whatever I want, I'm going to go buy it yeah. for myself anyway. Like, write me something. Tell me how important I am to you. Um, <laughs> this is this is what she wrote to me. And, you know, in all of this last two years of working out and trying to get my life structured and in order the way that I want to do it, like, I'm doing this just because I believe it's the right thing to do, not because I'm looking for anybody to say anything about it. I, I think it's the right thing to do for, <laughs> for me. And... She wrote in the letter, thank you, Dad, for being an example of what it means to live your life with discipline and to work hard. That's great. And I was like, I never told her one time, hey, I'm choosing discipline. Like, we never had that yeah. conversation, but she's catching it. And so how I live my life, if so let's say that I pull back and I'm, I'm reserved and I, and I don't deal with conflict, but, but the problem with not dealing with conflict is that it doesn't magically disappear. It just means I'm willing to carry it around with me. And I have to carry both sides of the conflict inside of me because I'm not talking to them about it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there carrying the conflict around and I'm avoiding actually dealing with it. Like my kids pick up on that too. hundred percent. And so they don't know, like I'm passing on a legacy of living mediocrity, but I'm, I'm hurting my children. Correct. By not pressing into that fear space, I mean, 
because the reality is it's not as big as we think it is. That's right. I mean, it's not as important as it, as we think it is. It's not going to be... Let's say that your fear of this situation actually is what happens. It's not as devastating as we think it's going to be. It never is. But if I avoid that, I'm teaching my kids to live in that same hole, that same hiding place. And I'm setting them up for failure. Like the only way to help my kids become everything that they've intend, they're intended to be is for me to set an example of living what I'm intended to be. Yeah. Um, and that, that's not something, there's no shortcut for that. No, no. And I, and I think again, I, 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 you know, as we're talking, it really is that cost benefit analysis that if you allow fear Again, if I know I'm going in the right direction, but you allow fear to, to numb you, neutralize you, there is, a, there is a greater cost that sits on the other side of that. Yep. And to your point, which is awesome, is that, you know, especially, I don't care how old you are, I don't care if you're 80 years old, you're still a parent. You know, how, how, you're telling your kids, this is how I'm going to live, this is how you should live when you're 80. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a matter of just when you and I are raising our kids now and they're teenagers. There, there's always that opportunity to be an example and a reflection about moving into life with all that you have. And that's what I think is awesome about when you hear that voice, that the embrace not so much what the fear is, but the benefit on the other side. Right. That, that to me, so when it's cold or whatever, great. Hey, just go think about the warm beach. Hey, when the muscles are sore, think about how much stronger you're going to be and how much better it is you're going to look. Hey, if I have this hard conversation, that's going to be difficult but I'm going to do it out of love, the benefit not just for, for, for me, but them and, you know, really allowing that space to take place. Cause I think that is, that's where true success is going to come. Yep. You know, and it's not going to be, like I said, this perfect path, but God didn't design it that way because it's not just a matter of, of what, what can I learn? But to your point, what can be reflected for those that are, that are close to me. And nobody's closer to you than your family. Right. And uh, Brene Brown talks about this, but the Bible talks about it too. So it's confirmed, <laughs> it's confirmed by two witnesses. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what she says is, you know, we, we work so hard to keep our kids uh, protected from struggle. Yeah. And that's not, a, that's not no. good. It's not good for our children to do that. She says what they need to understand is that they are hardwired for struggle. We have to have, and what, what studies show, and I'm putting my counseling hat on here for just a minute, but what studies show is everybody says they want happiness, but we don't actually want happiness. We want purpose. The, the yeah. thing is, if you, if you try to find happiness and you get to this place that has an absence of, like, I don't have any mountains to climb. Everything's easy. I can do whatever I want whenever I want. We will actually sabotage that to create problems so that we can overcome them yep. because we need purpose. And, and that's the thing that I think most people, like we keep longing for this place of the absence of conflict, the absence of fear, the absence of all these things. You actually don't want that. <laughs> now that doesn't mean you need a steady diet of it either, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to be only in fear. You don't want to be only in conflict, but you can't avoid it. It's a part of living. And the only way to really have fulfillment and, and happiness in life is to press into those spaces rather than trying to avoid them. Yeah, and never before in human history have we ever been this comfortable. Right. We've never been this comfortable in human history. I mean, I'm talking like go back 100 years mm-hmm. where, you know, hey, I'm hoping I can get a single square meal today. You know right. I mean? To, 
literally uh, my my grandmother, I remember her telling me, like she, uh, her parents brought her where she was in a stagecoach wagon. Like you're like, when, I mean, going back to the Great Depression and, and all the time before that, life was hard. Yeah. Life has always been hard, you know? And now all of a sudden we live in a very unique place and time, you know, because of technology and because of human advancement, um, even on the medical side, there's just so much that's going on mm -hmm. that, you know, it's about this instant gratification, you know, so our kids are getting sucked into the social media crap, right? About, oh, well, I can, you know, do a stupid video and 500,000 people like me and great, I can make some money. And now I'm, you know, living on an island or whatever it is. And you're like, no, that's just not what it's like. Right. You know, it, it is about, you know, being focused and waking up every day and saying, how many, how many punches can I take to the face and get back up? Right. Right. Like how big is the man? It's not how big is the problem. It's about how big is the man that stands back up. Right. And so the challenge that we have as parents nowadays and the society just kind of going down that road, it, it's never been harder because like my dad, uh, was great. He's like, Hey, I want you, he, he would encourage me to dream. He would encourage me to like, you know, I'd come to him and share, I, you know, some different ideas. I'm like, Hey dad, I want these. Like, I love it. Um, you can go mow the yard. You can go paint the fence. Right. You can go wash my car, you know? And I was like, okay, dad, like, great. And like, I'm grateful for that. But then there's times, you know, if I'm being really honest with everyone that I find myself not doing that with my kids because I can't, you know what I mean? Right. Like even as dumb as, uh, this one is the other day, my daughter came home. I love my daughter. And she comes in and she's like, Hey dad, um, can you just give me a water bottle? And she's like sitting on the couch. And I'm like, seriously, like you can't get up and get it yourself. Like, and I know that might sound silly and I, I, you know, but there was just times where I find myself doing that a little bit more. And I'm like, actually you can go get that water bottle or you can go, you know, do this or that. But I find myself at times like, Oh, well, you know, I want to do that or, I don't know, maybe that's a bad example. But, well, and it's you know. couched in a perspective of, you know, I want, I want to take care of my kids. I don't yeah. want to, I don't, I want my kids to have the best life. Yeah. It's not the best life for them to not have the drive to take care of themselves. hundred percent. That is never the best life for them. And so, you know, that's, that's the classic rich kid that's, you know, got all this money, but they don't know how to, they have no life skills. They can't Correct. survive in the real world. Um, and I think we, we set our kids up to fail. And, and what I would also say is driven by the fear that if our kids don't succeed, people are going to look at us as bad parents. Yeah. So it really isn't even about the kid. I'm doing all this stuff. It's actually hurting them. And I'm doing it for my own benefit, for my own emotional well-being, yeah. which in the end isn't going to be emotional well-being for me. Yeah. Um, I, I just find it fascinating how people justify damaging behavior, you know, yeah. and like our daughter comes home from school and she's like, man, you guys, you make me pack my own lunch and, and you, you make me make my own meals. We're like, yeah, well, my friends don't. Hmm. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, I'm like, what are your friends going to do after high school? She's like, they don't know. I said, what are you going to do after high school? I'm going to go to college and be a lawyer and I'm going to da, 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 da. And I'm like, huh. Yeah. Interesting. You know, maybe there's maybe there's yeah, something maybe there. There's some there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's the the like she misses the the net benefit, even though it's this misery of I don't want to work, I don't want to. Well, kind of you do, not because it's fun, but you want to work because it teaches you life skills that you're going to use the rest of your life. I totally agree. 
I totally agree with you. And I think when you think about to circle full full back around, when you're thinking about fear and what what is it that keeps us like from becoming from stepping into that space, um, that fear is that somehow we're messing things up if it's hard. Like we have this notion that somehow if if things are going poorly, it's because I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Sometimes that's true. Um, sometimes things are going poorly because I need to get stronger. Sometimes things are um, they're hard because I'm soft. And when I step into those fears, um, it makes me less soft. And then it's not a fear anymore. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you're listening to this, and I think Aaron and I would encourage you, like, when was the thing about, when was the last time that you allowed fear to, to stop you? Yeah. And I think, you know, as a tool is, is then just acknowledge it. Like, like f- ask yourself, like, what's on the other side? Like, what's on the other side of pressing through that hard conversation, mm-hmm. right? What's on the other side of pressing through whatever is potentially holding me back? If it's switching jobs, you know, I mean, that, that, that's happening a lot now because of COVID. You know, what, what are those things that pushes you out of that comfort zone and just and acknowledge, like, okay, well, what, what if that is on the other side? That yeah. greater potential, you know, like what that benefit could mean for you and your family. Um, the example that that will leave to your kids that, hey, my mom and dad, they were they were willing to go try that, mm-hmm. and they're going to be okay, <laughs> you know. It's yep. and so I, I think that that is the one of the things that we want people to take away from with us today. Yeah, I you know what I was thinking about while you were saying that, um, even starting this whole aerial tribe thing, yeah, um, has had a lot of fear attached to it for me, and the reason is because I'm a pastor, and we're not just talking about the Bible. We're talking about leadership and business and family yeah. and you know life principles and things that are good, but we're not book chapter and versing it. This isn't a sermon. This is just a, <laughs> you know, it's a reality life life skills podcast. Um, I've had a ton of fear that people in the church can have a problem that I'm not being spiritual enough. Oh. Um to the point where it's like, man, I don't I'm nervous about if, like, if it actually grows, I, like, which I believe we believe it will, yeah. or we wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. But you know, as it grows, um, and people start to find out about it, what are they going to say? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, for crying out loud! Like, <laughs> but that's my re- that's my personal hey, wrestling I get match. It. No, this is my personal I, wrestling match. No, that makes sense. I could see, I could see why that would be um, kind of a concern. You know what I mean, or whatever. But also at the same time, it allows people to get to know who you are, you know what I mean, from a holistic perspective. Who's, yeah. who's the person that's not, you know, what what is his thoughts on the things that we're wrestling with, right? Right. So I think that's cool. Yeah. So I think for all of us, we can point to places in the past and in the present where we're saying, okay, fear may be getting the best of me here. Yep. Um, and we got to be willing to step in and whether that's relational, whether that's a business conversation you need to have, whether that's a phone call you need to make, um, a letter you need to write, whatever it is, uh, a risk you need to take. We all have spaces where fear gets at us. And and I would really encourage you guys to identify that and then um, develop yourself an action plan on how to step into it. But get some accountability around it. I'll tell you a funny story around accountability, how important it is. Um, Wednesday, it was nine degrees out, and I went running 
and I came I was coming home and I was coming back around the corner on my block and these two guys were out shoveling their driveway and like one of the guys goes man you're a trooper yeah. <laughs> and I said I have this is the only thing I could think to say because I was at the end of my run and I was exhausted um, I said I have too much accountability around me to say no like when you put accountability in your life those things that you don't want to do yeah that's true you do you you have to do them because somebody's going to check up so if you have fear getting you stuck if you have fear um, getting in the way of your own progress, of your own legacy that you're leaving for yeah, your family, good. put some accountability around yeah, your life um, and, and start wrestling with identifying and sharing, hey, here's what, this is what the fear that's crippling me. It's getting in the way of what I believe I want my life to be about. So yeah, you got to step I, into it. You know, I think that's awesome. One last thing I'll share is, you know, something recent uh, personally with myself was me and my brother, mm-hmm. you know, that w- I was afraid of that. So, um, you know, my brother and I had um, kind of a fallen out is the best way to put it. And we hadn't spoke. We were going on three years, but God just kind of started chipping away at my heart like, hey, this is your brother and you guys need to mend this. Mm-hmm. And you kind of walked through that and encouraged me. And and I was just like, okay, I don't, you know, what's going to happen when I call? Like, what's he going to say? You know what I mean? And that fear. And then finally I was just, I was like, okay, I'm calling this Sunday or whatever that day was. I forget at this time, I put it on the calendar and picked up the phone and I got a voicemail. Well, and you told our life group about it too. Yeah. Like, you're like, hey guys, this is what my plan is. Yep. I'm just saying it so that you hold me accountable to it, which we all were like, yeah, okay, we'll yeah. do it. And, and yeah. And follow s- through. And follow through. And then it was like, okay, I got a voicemail and didn't hear for about a month, right? Well, I found out my brother got sick and, you know, those things, but I was kind of manufacturing these thoughts. Like, sure. Even going back, like, you know what? Why the hell did I do that? Right. Like, you know what? Like, whatever, you know? And and uh, so kind of fast forward recently, and he and I had a chance to, um, you know, connect and, and, and do dinner and just literally move forward because the Lord was speaking to his heart, you know? He's like, I just don't know how to move forward or call or whatever. And, and, uh, so we've mended that relationship, you know, we're texting and talking. And so, uh, so that, so that's something, you know, me personally, you know, that was a big one. I was really proud of you for that. Cause that was Nothing. a big one. That was, that was one of the bigger ones for me personally. And that was a, that was kind of one of those, uh, fool me once, fool me twice things like you've been stung before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you just, yeah. So I, so just to encourage everybody. I mean, that was, that was, that was a tough one, you know? Yeah. So, um, but but what's great about it is is that like I said the, now being on the other side and what that benefit is so you know so again as, as you think about as you think about the fears I, I love some of the things that we've talked about today maybe you know to kind of recap one acknowledge what the benefit is on the other side of leaning into it yep two uh, Aaron I love what you said there's nothing greater than having accountability and and so somebody who's close like hey I'm afraid about this. You know, because I acknowledge, like, hey, I'm, I'm afraid to call my brother, and here's why. Yeah. You know, but there was that encouragement, um, you know, that that allowed me. I knew it was the right thing, but I didn't want to do that. So, so really finding if it, whatever it is, if it's a work, um, you know, personal or your physical, is to find that accountability. Uh, so you will go run in the nine, de- you know, negative nine degrees. I think it was, um, you know, weather. And so I, I think. Those are some key things, but any other comments on that? No, I think that's good, and I, and I I think just understand that when you feel fear, not if, when you feel yeah. fear, you are stepping into a universal reality. Everybody does it, and yeah. fear will always make things seem bigger than they are. 
So rather than trying to avoid those things, what we do is step closer to it, and the closer we get to it, the smaller it becomes. It's the flashlight. It's the flashlight. <laughs> Just think flashlight and hand shadows, yeah, hand it. puppets. That's right. All right, so if this has been a beneficial episode for you, like, um, share, review, rate the podcast. That always helps us. Um, make sure that if you have any questions, any uh, topics that you'd like for us to tackle, email us at either Aaron or Jason at ariel-tribe.com. But most importantly, thank you guys for listening. We, we love doing this, and we feel really honored to be here. So um, we will be back with another great episode soon.